From the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Discerning Marriage Podcast, hosted by Elizabeth Busby. Hey y'all, it's Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us. I am joined in this episode for the first time by co-host Liv Harrison. Liv is a good friend of mine. I've known her since I was in high school. She was on the core team. And then um, after I became an adult, we became good friends and have just built up a good friendship. She and her husband have been married for 20 years, and they have done a lot of work with marriage prep, so helping engage couples in their diocese be formed for marriage. And Liv also has a really wonderful ministry for women um, that build women up, and she has a conference called Genius, based on the feminine genius by Pope John Paul II. So she is wonderful and also so hilarious. She'll make these episodes so fun. And so she is joining me because she has a lot to offer in this the realm of marriage prep and she can sit kind of where y'all are um you know understanding that marriage prep is a good thing and it's wonderful to be formed when you're engaged but intrigued by the idea that you could move that out of engagement and do intentional dating, intentional formation, intentional discernment beforehand. So she'll sit and ask questions and uh, just kind of help guide the discussion to make it really productive for y'all. So I'm very glad to have her with us and we're going to go ahead and get started. Hey Liv. Hi Elizabeth. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I love chatting with you. So thanks for being with us today. Thank you for letting me be here. I'm so excited. So we are going to spend this episode talking about discerning the vocation of marriage with intention. So being intentional in your discernment. I think I I use that word all the time, but I I really think it's an important uh, posture to have when you're really doing anything, but especially when you're doing something as important as discerning marriage. True. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. A life partner. Yeah. You better think about that. (laughs) I agree. I know. I think all the time about how long I spent in driver's ed and how much time I actually spent, well, I, I spent a long time discerning marriage, but how much time the average person spends discerning marriage and preparing for marriage. And it's so much less. Than it, it is very, it, well, or getting a degree, right? Like people who go off to college or high school, getting your diploma, you, you yep. spend years, but then you meet yep. somebody and you're like two weeks later, you're like, yeah, let's get married. And it's like, okay, let's hold on. Calm down. <laughs> oh, I want to quote that frozen song. Can I have something fancy? Will you marry me? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly why they wrote that song. Can't marry a man who trusts me. Anyway, (laughs) um, so this whole idea of discerning the vocation of marriage really requires living with intention because the thing about discerning marriage is you're doing it in the context of your normal life, right? So unlike discerning celibacy, you're, I guess when you're discerning celibacy, you kind of revolve your normal life around your discernment, right? You enter seminary. So then your normal life becomes, you know, this, this intentional discernment of um, the priesthood, or you enter religious life or, um, you know, a postulancy, you, you really just kind of revolve your life around it. But with marriage, you don't really have that same kind of luxury. Like there's not like this school that you can kind of pull yourself away from the world and discern it. Right. So I think in order to discern it well, you'll be living your day-to-day life. And so you need some structure and intention in order to do that. That's what we're here for. We're going to help you figure out what to do during the kind of day-to-day normal life when you want to be discerning marriage. That's perfect. No, I think that's fantastic because let's be honest, people are concerned about their day-to-day, you know, like these big concepts of marriage and 
and discernment. And these are all really big words. Like, first of all, discernment, just to remind everybody, means the deciding between two goods, okay? So it's not that you're making a horrible decision or you're trying to decide, do I, do I, do I actually go in the bank and, and, and stick a gun to someone's head and ask them for a bunch of money, or do I not? Should I just go get a Sonic drink? Like they, these are not the decisions we're making, okay? That's a bad decision. Sonic drink is always a yes. So we're trying to decide. <laughs> good and a bad. <laughs> good and a bad, good, okay? Good Sonic. Yeah, don't steal from a bank, go to Sonic. Yes, that's an easy one. <laughs> but maybe discerning between you know what you're supposed to do with your vocation for the rest of your life, um, this is a serious thing. And, and it's good to either be celibate or it's good to be married. Those are both two good things is what I'm saying, but there is a better choice for you, right? Because what yep. God has, you know, what he has for you and, and what his plan is, right. And his will, which is what you're discerning. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you feel, um, either because you've discerned celibacy already and you know, it's not for you, or when you just really want to look more seriously at marriage when you're discerning marriage, however you got there, I think that you're going to be in one of four categories of people. Okay. This is one of those distinctions that, um, I made up, but I think it's real. I think it's a real thing. And so I want to present this to you and it's, it may, you may listen to me and be like, duh, Elizabeth, that's super obvious, but I think it can be helpful to have someone list it out for you so that you are aware of which state you're in. Um, and then once you realize what category you're in, we're going to spend some time talking about what to do in that particular category to push you forward on the path of marriage discernment. So let's go ahead and get started in that. Let's get in there. All yeah. Right. I love it. Liv, do you think it's better to list off all four or to start with the first one and elaborate and then keep going? Well, I say, you know what, why don't you go ahead and give me like, I just representing the world. Let me go ahead and hear the four. Okay. And then tell me that you're coming back to the one and I can follow that. So Perfect. All right. <laughs> I'm Thanks. just going to go ahead and, and talk for the team and say that that's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you're here. That. So yeah, that's what know. I said. Give, give me a list of the four and then say, and now Liv, this is number one. This is number one. All right. There so you go. Or are. Yeah, let's single. hear it. Single. Single. You're in a commitment. Commitment. So it's beyond just like sharing a Coke after school. Right. You, okay, got you it. You are officially boyfriend, girlfriend. Yes, oh, you are. That, the check the box. I yes use or no. The word commitment. Yes. To describe okay, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay. Makes so sense. You're single, okay. You're in a commitment. You're in pre engagement, which pre engagement. I, I made that up too. So we'll talk more you about made that, that word later. up. Okay. Totally great. Totally you're just making up words. I love this. Perfect. <laughs> It's like fetch. Just it like, is like fetch. fetch happen. They Stop trying to make happen. fetch happen. God, it's such a good movie. I hope these are better than fetch. It is such a good movie. Um, oh, good. And then the last one is breakups. All right. Yeah. Ooh, wait, what? I didn't yes. see that coming. I, <laughs> I was, I like, your face I was so ready for you to say engagement <laughs> or like ponies with a carriage. And you're like, death. Ponies your heart death. falls That's out of your chest. And breakups. Got and it. God, I didn't see that coming. So wait, single, hold on, single commitment. All this is happy, pre-engagement and yep. then breakup. That's a little harsh, Elizabeth. I gotta be honest. I did not see that coming. Tell me there's a fifth one and that's called, you know, Megan and Harry. No. <laughs> is that no. not? All right, fine. It's your four. You made it up. They, Go ahead. They didn't break up though, right? William and Kate broke up for a while, but I don't think Megan and Harry did. No, I don't know. What do we know? What what do we know? She was on TV for ever. Now yeah. they live in LA. We don't know what's I happening. I love the Royals. <laughs> Guys, I sent them a Christmas card. I got one back from William and Kate and from Harry and Meghan. And my husband was like, why do people from England keep sending us stuff? And I'm like, he was 
because it's Kim, important. Did you give our address? To the yes. Yes. I yes. Did. And yes. Now I have a cute yes. We did. Of William and Kate and their kids. Anyway. You kill me. <laughs> okay. So great. So right. these are the four things so you the made four up. Categories. I mean, they're up. very. I mean, yes. I didn't make okay. them up. I like. No, I'm they giving yeah. structure. You them, named you know? the categories. I did. These existed. You gave them a name. <laughs> I, did. I love it. It's Category. like a child that you birthed. Perfect. <laughs> I did name her also. Yes. So um, <laughs> the four categories. Okay. So you who are listening. If you're actively discerning marriage, you're in one of these four categories. I mean, engagement, you could say number five is engagement because you're technically discerning until you give your yes. I don't know if y'all know that. We'll chat about engagement in another episode. But so technically there are five categories, but for the sake, lots of people are doing really great work for engagement. So I'm going to focus on my little area. And that is people who are discerning marriage before they're engaged. So single commitment, pre-engagement and breakup. So I'm going to dive into the first one just briefly. So single. Okay. Obviously, if you're single, you know you're single. Um, so, but what I also include in single is going on dates with people. Okay, so you're dating, but you're not yet in a commitment. And so, in this single stage, I think like you may find yourself single and discerning marriage, like I said earlier, because you discerned celibacy already and decided it wasn't for you. Or you may find yourself single and discerning marriage because you've just always felt called, like you felt, you know, something. You may use the word called. You may just use the word. Sure. Like, I just wanted it. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's you, true. Don't, you don't want to discern celibacy for whatever reason. Right. But you do want to. You you. You do want to be intentional about marriage. You don't want to just get married because you're not called to be a priest or a nun. You want to do this on purpose. And so you're single. You're finding yourself in, in the stage of discerning marriage when you're single. Okay. The second is commitment. All right. In commitment, like I said, dating, going on dates with people, whether or not you're exclusive, that is, falls under the single category in my brain. But once you give your commitment to someone, I think that that is maybe a lot more serious than the world thinks it is. I'm also a marriage counselor. We've talked about this a little bit, maybe, or maybe not yet. Um, but we are, I'm a marriage counselor. And so I, um, also look at relationships from like, what is a healthy approach, um, for your mental health? What is a healthy approach for your emotional health? Those sorts of things. And I think that when you say yes to someone to be their boyfriend or their girlfriend, it's a lot more serious than people often think it is because the only ways out of that, there are only two ways out of that yes that you just gave. It is the altar or it is a breakup. And breakups are serious business. And I don't know about you, but I've been through a couple of breakups, one of which was really dramatic and horrible and you'll hear more about it later. Um, but I hate breakups. I hate them. I think most people do. And so when you give your yes and a commitment to be someone's boyfriend or girlfriend, what you're saying is I could see myself marrying you. I don't know for sure, but I could see it. And I'm willing to give you a, a promise in a sense. It's not as formal as promises um, like that a priest would take or something, but it's still like I'm giving you my word that the only way out of this is through a breakup or through getting married. All right. So it's serious business. The next stage is pre-engagement. And we're going to spend a big chunk of this podcast episode talking about it. So I'm not going to elaborate on it right now. And then breakups is obvious, but, and so obviously people who are going through breakups are single, which is hard to wrap your mind around when you're going through a breakup. But I think the approach to discerning marriage when you're going through a breakup needs to be different than other single people who aren't grieving something, who aren't um, longing for a particular person uh, because they had them and now they don't or what, whatever. So when you're transitioning out of a relationship, I think that is its own unique stage of marriage discernment. So those are the four. 
So now I want to dive back into pre-engagement. Are you still with me, Liv? I'm still with you. I'm listening. I'm taking notes. Love it. Also, I'm already <laughs> married. So <laughs> this is so, doing me no good. No, I'm kidding because I'm a parent. So I <laughs> I'm like, dang it, I married the wrong guy. I'm kidding. I'm joking. It doesn't matter. We will be married 20 years. So (laughs) he's going to stay regardless. I won't let him leave. But um, yeah, no, but as a parent and as someone that works with married couples and engaged couples and all the things, sorry, engaged couples, (laughs) the married ones, too bad, so sad. But um, no, I appreciate this. So I'm listening. I'm taking notes. You're doing great. Cool. So we're going to go into pre-engagement a little bit more. I love that you named this. And I know that you and I have talked about this (laughs) as friends, but I love it because can I just, can I say this real quick? Because when you're in that boyfriend, girlfriend stage, right? Okay. And it's adorable when you're like in high school, right? Mm -hmm. And it's super cute. Or even when it's Um, fresh, like even when you fresh. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Even if you're 29. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun for Absolutely. It's super fun. Yeah. But then when you're like really for real, like you're like, no, I'm pretty sure we're going to spend every day together and I'm going to wake up and see this face and wake up and make them breakfast and care if they're, I don't know, socks are on the floor. That's a different category, right? Even before you're engaged. And so you start, especially when you're older, it's really annoying to be like, this is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. This is my girlfriend. You're like, that's gross. Like I'm not it 12. It feels inadequate. It doesn't It does. Like it Ooh, explains. inadequate. That's such yeah. an adulty word. I love <laughs> it. But there is no, you go from boyfriend, girlfriend to fiance, which yeah. fiance is like, like it's so, yeah. yeah, it's so Frenchy. And then there's nothing in between. So yeah. you're either 15 passing notes in gym class or you're wearing a beret, writing in your journal by the river. 15 grand at things. Right, exactly. So it's like, we need, so I I just wanted to pause and say to Elizabeth, thank you, Elizabeth, for picking a new word for all of us. So yeah, (laughs) pre-engagement, love it. Yes. Yes. So it describes, like Liv just defined it for you guys. It it describes the phase where you're in a commitment still, obviously, right? So I guess my categories overlap. There's single and breakups and then commitment and pre-engagement. So it describes the same technical stage, but it's, there's a nuance. So Liv just totally defined that for us, right? So you're at a point where you feel like there is, there's a, a real potential. You really want to know, like, are you, are you the one? How, how do I know that you're the one, right? And, and you enter, I really think you enter a new stage. There's a, a desire for a deeper intimacy. There's a desire for a deeper knowledge. And frankly, I think that ought to be honored. Like, I think there is something beautiful about that desire for deeper intimacy. Let's do something with it, right? Um, So I want to, in describing what we do with it, I actually want to have Liv talk about what it's been like to prepare couples for marriage in the church. So as um, she mentioned kind of in passing, she and her husband have been doing marriage prep for a long time, but the formal marriage prep that's offered in the church is only when you're engaged, right? So you've been, you've seen a lot of engaged couples. You've formed a lot of engaged couples and I want to kind of hear, hear what that's been like for you to have people sitting on your couch, diving into this deep stuff with a date on the calendar when this season ends. Yeah, no, it's true because by the time they get to us, they already have saved the date cards and, you know, the water, chocolate fountain, champagne situation going on and, you know, what the mother-in-law is going to wear. Like they're already knee deep usually by the time they come to us, even though they probably should have come to us before that. Um, And not just because of your point, (laughs) but yeah, no, I mean, certainly for your point, but you're right. The church doesn't have hey, here's a pre-engagement book. Like that doesn't exist, you know, like uh, as of, but I I have a feeling it might. But anyway, officially, officially we have 
sponsor couple programs, right? We have either engaged encounter, which don't get me started on that and uh, sponsor couple programs. Okay. Again, uh, it's okay. The book that we use in my diocese, I actually like, um, I'm in the um, archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. So formal. Um, and it's a great book and we have one training or whatever. I watched my parents um, have couples in, in the house that I grew up my whole life. And they, they run like a big sponsorship program here in Houston. And um, so, you know, I, it was kind of in my blood watching these couples come in and out, you know, as, you know, like as I grew up, right? And I saw how important marriage was. My parents stopped their marriage to help other people, you know, before they were married. I thought that was mm. really profound and I loved that. Mm. So now that I'm on the other side, right? I'm no longer a kid. I have my own marriage and now I have these beautiful, normally young couples, right? Normally, not always, but normally. And we've seen it all. I mean, not maybe not at all, but I mean, we've seen a lot, right? Like we had a couple who, there was someone who was Hindu marrying this Catholic. That was fascinating. We've had couples where um, one of them isn't baptized. We've had couples Mm. who, one is atheist. We've had couples who, you know, maybe they're both Catholic, but the last time they were in a Catholic church was when they were baptized. Like, you know, like all sorts of stuff, right? It's not like, oh, you can only get, you can only get married if you're super, super Catholic. Okay. That's not a thing. These are real people with real things. So when they get to us, it's interesting, right? And actually some of the most fascinating conversations have been through the couples that like are super duper Catholic, you know? And there was one couple, very Catholic, very formed. (laughs) And we, this is so funny. They come in, right? Because we have these nights with them. And when you, and, and it always starts off the first night that we meet a couple, the first chapter in the book is family of origin. They talk about their family of origin. They answer a bunch of questions, how they grew up. You know, I mean, it gets kind of silly. Like, did you like your cereal with milk? Okay, not really that silly, but I mean, it gets kind of like in there, you know, like who yeah. took out the trash? Was that a dad job or a mom job? Like, did your mom work? Did you, yeah. did, did you have a relationship with your grandparents or was that not important? Like really like intense kind of stuff. Where'd you spend the holidays? Did you vacation? All sorts of like you think not a big deal, but those are kind of big deals, right? Yeah, it's like stuff you take for granted and assume the other person does it the same way. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Oh yeah. Cause when you're like, oh yeah, we vacation all the time. We camp at national parks and the other person looks at you and says, I've never camped in my life. You know, and you're like, <laughs> it's horrible. Ross and my, my husband Ross and my thing. No. Oh, my. <laughs> Is that one of the things you were like, you what? This on the podcast. He's so trying <laughs> to get me to camp. It's and a I real thing. See, I, I, yes. I want to see all the national parks, but I really just need a path from the shower to the bed where I won't sure. be again. And he's like, that's not camping. No, that's I not going to happen. No. So, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. You have dirt in your teeth, <laughs> but you get it right. Like when you grow up these different ways, you know, and then I, I grew up, I went to Europe and stuff. The first time I went, I was seven, you know, my husband had never left, I think the state of Texas basically, except to go to Alabama. Now he's been all 50 States and, you know, and now we've been in Europe together. I mean, oh, so, so cool. it, it can be a very enriching thing, right? When somebody's mm-hmm. lived a certain way and the other one hasn't, it can also be a, an area of conflict, right? Sure. So it's good to have these yeah, conversations absolutely. before you're like, yeah, let's start hitching our wagons to each other and start <laughs> going across the prairie. Put the tent on their wedding registry and you're like, <laughs> why is that on there? That's <laughs> right. You're that. like, does that come with room service? Because <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Do they even have a wedding registry? I mean, is there a they key do. card? <laughs> exactly is there a breakfast buffet in the morning um so yeah so we had a couple and they came in and one of the questions was um uh the the family bed the marriage bed okay or their bed i don't actually i should have looked at it before i 
<laughs> so, I'm just saying words now. Who sleeps in the bed? Um, who's the, who sleeps in, in the bed? bed. Yeah. The, the master bedroom, who sleeps sure. there? And who's allowed in? And so the the female, the woman was like, oh my gosh, I'm one of like 45 kids and not really, but a big family. And <laughs> so my parents <laughs> let us all pile in and we just all like hung out and watched TV and pop popcorn. And it was so fun. And D-D-D. it was like sound of music, you know, when the kids rush in during like the, right? Right? I love it so much. You're like all the like favorite thing song. The blankets. Yeah. Yes, yes. And Julie Andrews. And you're like, please don't break. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also look at the curtains because you're going to be wearing this soon. Yeah. So it's, it's a great scene um, like that. And the, the guy, I mean, you should have seen his face. She might as well have said, I'm pro-abortion. I hate Mary. I think the Catholic church is the worst. Like she, it was like <laughs> this caliber, like his face was like, what? Like he was so offended and so like, and I, I was like, okay, you seem a little upset. <laughs> I was like, to what's happening you, to your face? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so that's a hard no. We were never allowed in my parents' bedroom. We never, I don't even know what their bed looks like. He was like, I've never even been in there. So that is a sacred, sacred space. Only me and my wife will be in there. And her face then looks like he just asked her for a kidney. Like, I mean, it was just this exchange of like extremities. And I was like thinking, this shouldn't be that big of a deal. Oh, it was a big deal. And they like talked about it for weeks. And like I said, they're super Catholic. They ended up getting married. They have kids. It's all fine. But, and I would I love know to know. Happened. I want to know what happened. Okay. Right? What goes on in that bed? And okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> little tongue in cheek. Anyway, so I'm just saying, like, it's it's important to talk about. It's important to talk about the little details because can I say sometimes it's those, those little details that kind of unravel and show bigger details. You know what I mean? Right. Like bigger issues. So oh, yeah, I could totally right. see that couple if they have conflict about it, you know, in six years when they have a three-year-old who's like screaming because she had a bad dream. And you know, wife's looking at husband, like, seriously, you're going to leave her in there. And husband's looking at wife, like, don't even, you know, like that is totally something that could cause a big conflict later, but yes, oh, it's a huge. great example. It's a great example of something you don't, you just take for granted, but it ends up being a big deal. Right. Okay. So obviously, you know, this is probably not a make or break for the vast majority of you. They ended up getting married. So it's obviously not a make or break for them, but there are other things that are make or break issues. Like, you know, if one's Catholic and one's not, are, is the non-Catholic going to allow their children to be baptized, which is part of the vows in the Catholic church, right? To raise, to baptize and raise your children Catholic, right? So something like that, or something like, you know, a pornography addiction or a ton, like six figures of debt that they didn't know about, or something like that, that actually would potentially be a make or break. So what I think ought to be done in pre-engagement is discuss a lot of this stuff that's covered in engagement usually, right? So obviously not everything that's covered in engagement is appropriate to talk about in pre-engagement. Some glaring examples are your sexual relationship, right? If you're um, in, uh, preparing to embark on a sexual relationship when you get married, um, it's it's not appropriate to talk about that until you're engaged because of the reverence demanded uh, by that intimacy. Same with like NFP charting, you know, that carnal knowledge that you get about the woman's body is not something to be shared before you're engaged in, you know, in the months and weeks leading up to the wedding. But a lot of this stuff, like the family bed and what sort of vacations do you take and how do you manage your money? Do you use a budget? And there's just, there's so many things that could be covered before you're engaged. And what's so um, obvious, but also fascinating about engaged couples is they are also planning a wedding. 
right? So I don't know where my listeners are, but I'm assuming quite a bit of them or quite a few of them are in America and American weddings, culturally speaking, are lavish uh, affairs. Usually the receptions at least are lavish affairs, you know, for lots of people, big, it's big event planning. There's so much going on um, for the couple. And so you're having to figure out how to dive into all of this big stuff that's going to affect your ability to have, you know, a healthy, fruitful marriage um, and a happy marriage while also cake tasting and wedding dress fitting and dropping, you know, thousands of dollars every time you turn around and deciding if you want to ship in the, the Princess Kate's bouquet flowers in the middle of winter. Even though you <laughs> Not that you looked into that. Not that you I looked did. into that. <laughs> you did, didn't what? you? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, that's that, better than... I. I have a sense of exotic flowers. I can't imagine. I had a friend that uh, <laughs> copied Jessica Simpson's wedding. So, I mean, I would go with Kate. I think that was a good Just choice. It was sorry. Classy, lovely. <laughs> wedding, anyways. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, when you're, you're doing all of these things, your mind and attention is split. And not only that, guys, but when you send out save the dates, when you put money down, like non-refundable deposits down, in a lot of ways, your freedom is restricted because you would have to call off the wedding, you'd have to, you know, tell all of the people that you sent, say that it's whoever, the closest people in your life, maybe even some of the closest people in your parents' lives, depending on who's planning it. Um, all these people that you're postponing it, you'd have to lose probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, the average couple, right? And a lot of people do not have the courage to do that. We do not live in a culture that fosters tremendous courage. So the vast majority of couples are going to encounter an issue that may be a non-negotiable for them and be like, we'll just deal with it when we get married. We'll just deal with it later. It, I don't have time to deal with this. Like I have, I have, you know, I'm, I'm late for my dress fitting or whatever. And so the, the thing that's a problem with that though, is if you are not free to say no, then you're not free to say yes either. Right. So I love that. Wait, say that again. It's say it again. I've heard you say it and I love it. Say it one more time. If you are not free to say no, then you're not really free to say yes. Love that. Love it. So what happens when you pull a lot of this, maybe more mundane day-to-day stuff out of engagement and talk about it, process it during pre-engagement before you have a timeline, before you have save the days, before you have money down, you are giving yourself the, the luxury of time and the freedom to walk away or to wait, right? Um, that you may not have if you wait till you're engaged already. So yes, pre-engagement. I, I could talk about it for a long time. I probably will now that I have a podcast, talk to you guys about all my thoughts about pre-engagement, but that is um, kind of in a nutshell why that stage is important and what to do when you're in that stage of that category, if you will, of marriage discernment. So before we wrap up, I'm going to dive into the other three real quick and just give you, if you're not in pre-engagement, if you're listening to this and you're not there yet, um, what do you do uh, that's actively productive to discern marriage? So we'll start with single. Um, Actually, before I do that, for everybody, for everyone discerning marriage, including pre-engagement, the first primary thing to do is focus on your prayer life. Being in communion with Jesus is the most important thing in your entire life, guys. So much more important than getting married. Like getting married is great and wonderful, but ought to lead you into closer communion with Jesus. Um, But outside of Jesus, you're not going to be able to to discern. But also outside of Jesus, like Jesus is the only thing that's really going to guarantee the true joy and satisfaction that you're seeking anyway. So the number one thing to do is work on your relationship with Jesus. If you don't know how to pray, 
send me a DM. I will tell you how to get started. Like if you've never prayed before, or you, you know, kind of from a cognitive perspective that this is the truth or Jesus is awesome, or you believe in the Eucharist or whatever, but you don't know Jesus as a person, please, please, please let this be your impetus to get started knowing him. Okay. But once, you know, once you're praying and you're focusing on praying in the four categories, single commitment, pre-engagement and breakup, there are different things to do when you're discerning marriage. Right? So like I said, pre-engagement is intentionally working on this stuff. We just talked about that. When you're single, I really want you to think about focusing on growing in virtue and building good habits. So this is something that um, my ministry discerning marriage is really big on is helping to highlight the virtues and the habits that are good for marriage. Um, So there's some stuff on our Instagram. I'll put some stuff in the show notes, but um, some virtues to focus on um, that will help you to discern well um, and, and be the spouse that you need to be. Um, and then also acknowledge where there's something in your past, maybe that, um, was modeled to you that you don't want to keep. So I don't know, maybe you grew up in a home with a lot of debt, but you really convicted that debt isn't something you want in your life. That's a great thing to start working on when you're single. And it really helps you discern marriage. Well, um, to be moving in the direction of healthy habits that you'd have in marriage. Okay. So that's single. When you're in a commitment, what I really want to talk to you guys about, you know, fresh boyfriend, girlfriend, or even you've been boyfriend, girlfriend for a while, but you're not yet super serious. You're not, you're not yet in pre-engagement. I want you guys to focus on having fun, right? Building a friendship. Friendship is such an important foundation for marriage. Um, so don't get too serious too quickly and miss out on the opportunity to be friends with each other. Okay. Like going on dates, doing something fun. I'm sure Liv, do you have a fun idea? Give me a fun idea for someone who's in this commitment stage, not yet in pre-engagement. Give me something fun to do. Oh, I, you know what? Like, does it have to be like a company or you mean something nope. easy? Cause I just found Literally. a new company, by the way. Or a company. You want something easy? I could do oh. both. I just found this company that I think is so cool. That's not just here in Houston, but in other cities where you like pay them and they put together a scavenger hunt and you get a picnic basket and you go to different gourmet shops, like food shops. Right. And then it leads you. No, I wish. And then it leads, that'd be amazing. You should try to call them. And then it leads to a specific spot in the city that you're in. And you have a picnic together, but you've collected along the way. Isn't that adorable? But take the company out. Why couldn't you do that yourself, right? Aww. I mean, you could yeah. find really cool places, right? Like a cool deli, a great Love cheese it. shop, a great bakery, so cute. right? And then like nice. a little farmer's market Date for night. the produce. You have a picnic okay. basket, you put it together, and then you surprise whoever that you're dating to a cool location that maybe you haven't been at, and now you have a whole little picnic. So, Liv, you're so how great. easy Perfect is that? Perfect idea. Okay. Perfect. Cool. If you need a date idea, do that. So fun. Um, so commitment, focus on having fun. Pre-engagement, we just talked about it. Do the work right? You're doing the work now. Um, and we'll talk lots more about this in other episodes and those sorts of things, but just to get used to the idea that this is a good time to dive into some of these bigger emotional things. Um, and to decide, you know, use this as part of your discernment, use what the person says, the answers to the questions, etc. And the last one is in breakups. So if you are finding yourself listening to this in a breakup, the one piece of advice I want to give you right now is to grieve well. Do not listen to the naysayers who tell you it's not a big deal. Just get over it. There are other fish in the sea. This is a real loss. Um, I love that. Honor it as the grief that it is. Yes. When you're going through rejection and, or if you're rejected, it doesn't matter. Either side of that coin sucks. Can I say that? I'm sorry, but it does. When you go through a big breakup, you are affecting the trajectory of the rest of your discernment. And if you don't grieve well, if you don't honor that, 
um, the pain that comes from it, then one, it could affect the person you end up marrying in a negative way. Like you could marry someone that maybe wasn't a great fit because you were living out of that woundedness or two, you get into a relationship, you get into marriage and your breakup starts to like bleed all over the place. Right. And we'll talk some more about that, those kind of triggers later. Um, but uh, long story short, what I think is so important is grieving. Well, give yourself the space to grieve the relationship. So those four are the categories, single commitment, pre-engagement and breaking up. Um, and then of course, if you're engaged, there's so many awesome resources out there. Call Liv Pearson if you're on the Galveston of Galveston. Sure. There's probably sure. actually something more formal, but find no, someone. No, you can reach out to me. Yeah. Anytime. On their, uh, sit at their feet, the feet of these marriage masters and learn. Um, and form yourself well. And if you're engaged and you haven't done any of this stuff yet, but you're listening to this, use this time, use this time, use this time. If you don't know where to start, I'm serious, DM me. Like I have lots of options for you or DM Liv because she and her husband will actually just chat with you, I'm sure. So yeah, yes, oh, she's so great. Okay, so yes, that was a Do they know where to find us on? Probably, no, probably not. What do you think? You, <laughs> you do that part. <laughs> so on Instagram, lot. on Instagram, I'm uh, at the Liv Harrison. My website is the Liv Harrison, which you can get, my email through there, but it's live at the live Harrison. Are you seeing a trend Perfect. on Facebook? It's live Harrison. <laughs> so, I'll put it in the show so, notes, guys. If you're there, you go. Yeah. So anytime reach out, DM okay. email. Cool. Totally cool. Cool. Awesome. So, so glad to have you. Thank you so much. No, for thanks for letting me. I learned. Are you kidding? I love it. I'm sitting at the, at your feet. I'm learning. So I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode with Liv as we chatted about some of the insights that I've gleaned in my years of working with people discerning marriage. Um, if you liked it, just a reminder, be sure to subscribe and feel free to send this episode to anyone that you think uh, would benefit from the work that we're doing. We'd love it if you'd follow along on Instagram and continue that conversation over there. And until next time, stay close to the heart of Jesus and be not afraid. The Discerning Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute. For more information about discerning marriage, visit discerningmarriage.com. To learn more about the Theology of the Body, visit tobinstitute.org.